So I've had the Steam Deck for about a month, and now that we're in Q2, I thought it would be a good time to talk about my experience with it so far and help you understand what you're getting into as you prepare to order your Steam Deck. Let's get into it. What's good, Deck Gang? I want to be comprehensive, so I've broken this up into chapters that you can refer back to if you like. On the flip side of that, I don't have time to cover everything in depth, so if there's something you want me to make a deeper video on, absolutely let me know in the comments and I'll jump on it as soon as I can. Finally, before we get started, it would help me out a lot if you liked the video, and if you're new to my channel and do like this video, be sure to subscribe and set notifications to all. Alright, with no further delay, let's jump right in. The first thing you're going to be concerned with is actually buying your Steam Deck. Every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, Valve will open up another batch of orders to those in the queue. That means if you're in the Q2 bucket, like I am, you will be eligible to buy a Steam Deck sometime in the next 13 Mondays. That is a Monday in April, May, or June. What's good, Deck Gang? As I was editing this video, Valve tweeted out that they will be increasing their weekly shipments, and more importantly, that they may be sending out more than one email per week. So you'll have to keep an eye on your emails on more than just Monday. Still, the tool I'm about to mention should help you narrow it down a bit, so that might help ease your stress. Although, I'll still be checking my email every day, so what can I say? Anyway, back to the video. If you want to get a more accurate estimate of which Monday will be your time to order, I would suggest taking a look at the expected order date calculator, which is developed by Moo with contributions from others in the Steam Deck community. Many have said that it seems accurate within a one week margin of error so far. Valve has two ways they'll notify you that your deck is ready for purchase. Number one, they will send you an email and number two, they will pop up a notification in the Steam client even if you're already using a deck. Once you receive this email, you have three days to place your order or it self-destructs. I mean, you lose your place in line. While Valve is doing FedEx two-day shipping for all orders, you have to remember that they're taking a week's worth of orders in one day. So your Steam Deck may not leave the warehouse until Friday of that week. If it departs on Friday, you can expect your Steam Deck by the end of the following Tuesday. As an aside, by the time you receive your Steam Deck, you should be able to reserve another, should you so choose. If you're looking for Steam Deck resources, there are a ton. There is the Steam Deck Discord, which I always have a link to in my description. There's the Steam Deck subreddit, which I look at almost daily. We have our own Fan to Deck Discord. And then there are my favorite YouTube channels that do Steam Deck videos. Retro Game Core covers retro gaming on the deck. Gardner Bryant covers Linux gaming at large and always has thoughtful videos on the Steam Deck. The Fox is known for his detailed videos about gaming on handheld PCs and squeezing out the most performance. And gaming on Linux is usually the first one to put up guides on things like how to play games from non-Steam launchers. I've made a playlist of some of their videos, so check that out if you're looking for more in-depth information. Jumping more into a review of the Steam Deck, the controls have been really good to me in the first 30 days. Analog sticks, buttons, triggers, and touchpads all work well. The D-pad is a little mushier than I like, the Steam and Quick Access buttons sit really flush and I wish they were a bit raised. The folks that make these Touch Protect touchpad covers are apparently also working on something for these buttons and I think that would be a welcome addition. Now I use touchpad and gyro almost exclusively when playing first person shooters. When I first started up games like Dread Templar, I immediately jump into Steam input and set the trackpad and gyro to behave as a mouse. This often means that I have to mess with the settings a bit for each game, but I'm okay with this because it means I can actually play these games on a handheld, as opposed to feeling like I need a keyboard and mouse. The paddles on the other hand, I'm still getting used to using them. So many of these games will map jumping to the A button and I can't do it at all. I need to keep my thumb on the touchpad for aiming. 
So I switch it and set jump to one of the paddle buttons and eh, it works, but I have to think about it a lot, which is a feeling I haven't felt in a long time. One more thing to get used to is pressing the touchpad. By default, this is usually R3, which is typically something like melee. I press this by mistake all the time, even if I modify it to take more pressure to activate. So that's just something to be aware of. Some people have asked me to try strategy games and I'm not a big strategy head, but I did give a few a shot, including Frostpunk and City Skyline. These are varying levels of playability depending on your tolerance for messing with controls. They usually have a compatible Steam input profile, but you may have to refer back to it often to see what buttons do what. For some games, like Frostpunk, you will absolutely need to use the magnifying glass to read the text if you're new to the game. If you already know all the menu options, it's not going to be as big of a deal. But for me, playing Frostpunk for the first time, I had to use it a lot. Finally, on the subject of controls, I want to point out that the analog triggers work really well. I've seen people mention the lack of travel on the triggers and I see what they mean, but I've played some racers on the Steam Deck and I can really finesse the pedals with the triggers, more so than most controllers I would use. So that's a W. By and large, accessories just just work on the Steam Deck, I did an accessories video before launch and it generally still applies. I usually have a list of accessories in my description so feel free to check that. But I've used every major controller, a bunch of Bluetooth headsets, a variety of micro SD cards, keyboards, and mice, a dock, and a stand. These touch protect covers I mentioned earlier also look nice. I'll be getting a pair soon, so I should be able to tell you about them. And finally, I recommend this USB-C to USB-A connector for times when you just want to connect a single thing like a thumb drive. I ordered this one and it was like 10 bucks for a pair. On the subject of thumb drives, if you're looking to transfer files, there are a ton of options. Some people have asked if you can just connect the cable from your Steam Deck to your PC, and unfortunately, no. But there are otherwise a number of options. I'm going to assume you're either on Windows or Mac because if you're already using Linux, you know what your options are. Given that, it kind of depends. If you want to transfer your files like one time, I would suggest using a thumb drive or SD card formatted to XFAT. Both your PC and Steam Deck will be able to read this. Alternatively, you can use Warpinator, which Gaming on Linux covers in detail. I'm going to include a link to that in the description. If you want to transfer files on a more ongoing basis, you can use something like SyncThing, which is kind of like a private version of Google Drive, or you can set up a directory share. Gardener has a good tutorial on how to do something like this. I'll include a link to that in the description too. When it comes to game compatibility, I have some mixed opinions. There are very popular games that are not compatible and likely won't be anytime soon. Most conspicuous for me is Destiny too. I absolutely expected this one to make it to Steam Deck, but I was wrong. But the vast majority of games do work. Sometimes they require a little tweaking like Ghostwire Tokyo, but even that is pretty minimal. Day one compatibility with AAA games like Elden Ring has been extremely impressive. I think my biggest worry so far has been the compatibility rating system. Some people are making purchases months ahead of time based on these ratings, which have proven to be pretty fluid so far. Valve has a generous refund policy when it works, but if you're out of the window, you're out of luck. So I I would recommend waiting until you actually have a Steam Deck to test the games that you buy. That way you can ask for a refund if a game doesn't work. Performance has been great so far. You can typically play games at 30 FPS and, and very rarely need FSR to do so. I thought one of Valve's primary design goals was going to be to make tinkering unnecessary, but in actually using the device, I would modify that and say that that design goal was actually to make tinkering so easy anyone could do it. 
The performance overlay, frame limiter, TDP control, and built-in FSR are all so convenient that I feel a disadvantage when I'm not using them, like in Windows or even desktop mode, and especially on a console. My only complaint around power is that two hours of battery life is not the default expectation for games the same way that 30 FPS is a default expectation. Games often creep up to use the full 25 watts, even with the modest volume and brightness setting. Ideally, Valve would have been able to fit a 50 watt hour battery but obviously they weren't able to do that this time around. Before I leave the subject of performance, the fan on the Steam Deck has not been a bother at all. My wife has often complained about my laptops that sound like they're about to take off. Meanwhile, she hasn't said a word about the minimal noise that the Steam Deck makes. To be clear, it is audible and it has a somewhat high pitch that can bother some people, but it's much quieter than any laptop or portable PC I've ever owned. While Valve has slowed down the frequency of updates to the BIOS, SteamOS, and Steam Client, they are still constantly putting out updates, which I think is good. Gaming mode in particular is a lot more stable than it was at launch. I used to get these errors when it was looking for updates and now they're just gone. Sometimes I would come out of sleep mode or even just press volume buttons and there was this thing that would happen where it's like the gamepad loses focus and it takes some time to get it back in focus, but that hasn't happened in weeks. So yeah, I'm happy to say that stability has massively improved and at least in gaming mode, everything just works. That's not to mention the quality of life additions in the last 30 days. Things like the dual trackpad typing, 15 FPS limiter, and an FPS only overlay. Valve are continuing to listen to feedback and enhance the experience. One thing I and many others have asked for are game scope profiles per game. Something like, I play this game with a 30 FPS limit, at 10 watts. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure the juice would be worth the squeeze for Valve on this one. But I think that a really nice consolation prize would be to simply remind me what settings I have when I start a new game or even resume from sleep. A small notification toast that tells me what my max frame rate is and my max wattage is would be perfect. Desktop mode has had less focus from Valve. You could reasonably argue that it needs less focus because it's built on a very strong foundation that includes Arch Linux and KDE Plasma, and because a lot of the gaps can be filled by open source developers. Nonetheless, I think the update to the on-screen keyboard in desktop mode shows that there is room for quality of life improvements. I, for one, would like a lock screen. I kind of refuse to enter anything other than my Steam password until I can reasonably lock my device. That's one thing that keeps me from recommending this as a desktop replacement. Another thing that keeps me from doing so is that people are still having issues with docks that break their deck. I have one that hasn't been a problem, but we're a few months away from an official dock and I would recommend waiting until that arrives. Valve has said late spring for the official dock, so I would expect that in June, maybe even July. I also kind of expect that Valve are working on improving dock gaming in gaming mode. If you dock in gaming mode today, the game will render at 720p with no option to even upscale as far as I can tell. To be fair, Steam Deck is not necessarily powerful enough to play many games at much higher than that resolution, but I still think most people would rather have the option when docked. Of course, if you play in desktop mode, you can do whatever you want, but you lose all the nice gaming mode features. I have a hunch that Valve will address these issues when they release an official dock. I'm not going to go too in-depth on non-Steam games. The short story is that they do take some elbow grease to get working, and some won't work at all. But answers are usually just a Google search away, and it's worth it if you have libraries on other platforms like I do. You can also use something like Boiler to add your non-Steam games to Steam programmatically. That way you don't have to add them one by one, or just add a launcher. This tool is pretty neat. Let me know if you want a full guide on this one. If you were considering installing Windows in order to emulate, shut those thoughts down. 
Emulation is great on Linux and really convenient on SteamOS. Most emulators are available as flat packs, which means they are easy to install. When it comes to performance, you're not going to get full speed on many Switch and PS3 games. Even GameCube games like F-Zero GX are going to require some tinkering to play decently. Still, you'd be hard pressed to find a better emulation device at this price. There are different front ends or tools that you can use to make your retro library even prettier. For example, Emulation Station is a front end and Emudeck is a tool that adds ROMs to Steam as non-Steam games. The latter will allow you to have Steam input profiles for individual games. If you do want to install other operating systems, you're going to have somewhat mixed results. Most of the Windows drivers are available now, but we're still missing audio drivers. Drivers have also made their way into the Linux kernel source code, but I don't believe they're part of a kernel release yet. That means you won't get full use of the Steam Deck on anything other than SteamOS yet. Hopefully by the next time I do one of these videos, that'll have changed. The last thing I want to touch on today is customizing the Steam Deck. This thing is truly a PC and there's very little limit to what can be done here. Some people have started injecting code into gaming mode, for example, to add additional overlays like Discord or music player. You can easily replace the hard drive if you know what you're doing. You can disable read-only mode on the operating system at your own risk. In this way, I expect the Steam Deck homebrew scene to blow up as more people get their hands on one and I'm excited to see what the future holds there. So that's my Q2 review of the Steam Deck. I like where the Steam Deck is right now. There's a lot more stability than the first few days of owning one. I hope to see that continue. Games are playing well, even if I have to put in some elbow grease to get two hours out of modern games. For me personally, I haven't really played games on anything else since I got it, but I was already someone that primarily gamed on handhelds, so I'm curious to see what you think. Let me know in the comments. And honestly, I think the future is bright. While I'm sure a Steam Deck 2 will eventually come, I think Valve is really focused on making Steam Deck better with every single week. In any case, what did you all think of this video? I think I'm going to want to do another one of these when Q3 rolls around just to talk about the state of the Steam Deck for new prospective customers. Let me know your thoughts and as always shout out to the patrons who helped me make this channel awesome. That gang out. Goodbye!